0: Well, let's uh, pick up where we left off last week, and uh, we're going to tie it in also with uh, Christmas. So we are talking on the subject of humility, the subject of humility, which I think is one of the most pivotal um, character traits that any person should have, but definitely any believer should have, is humility. And we see the greatest example in our Lord and Savior, that's Jesus Christ himself. So I'm going to begin reading in Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to read uh, through verse 11, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 11, and um, I'm going to read first of all in the King James, and then we'll read a few other translations. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. In other words, strife Is like contention and strife and vainglory is like you're trying to get all the glory and, you know, you kind of get puffed up and everybody look at me. And if you can't figure out what I'm talking about, just check out social media sometime and you'll know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And uh, not everybody on social media is doing that. Okay, don't don't get real concerned. But uh, uh, you see a lot of people uh, promoting themselves above others. Well, uh, Jesus kind of came to turn things upside down. Right, his way of thinking is a little bit different. Maybe you could say, extremely different than man's way of thinking or the natural way of thinking. And um, you know, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if you're if you're sitting there thinking, yeah, I know you're supposed to be humble as a believer, but you know that's really hard for somebody as talented as I am. You're supposed to laugh. That's the point. Of laugh. <laughs> well, the way of faith, or the life of faith. It is tough on your flesh, but it is the easiest way in the world to live when you're born again because you're created to live by faith, by your trust in God. In other words, if it's really tough, you're not doing it the right way because faith is a joy. Like he, because why? Well, like we're going to read here in a second, and I love this quote from, um, I forgot his name, Andrew Murray. Andrew Murray where he said, nothing is more natural and beautiful and more blessed than to be nothing so that God can be all. In other words, when you are 100% relying upon God, that is awesome because you don't have to make it come to pass. And really, if you think about it, you can't make it come to pass anyhow. And the things that you can make come to pass, you just put a cap on the supernatural in your life because you're saying, well, I'll just do it myself. You know, I think I maybe said it last week, um, you know, I've known, uh, how long have I known you, Jeremy? I've known Jeremy for a very long time, and so we kind of have this ongoing little uh, little joke is like, you need help moving that? No, I can do it myself. <laughs> kind of like in, 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 most men maybe tend to be that way, like, no, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. And we were traveling on the road with uh, Kenneth Hagen. We were in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, and um, we had these, this is back, uh, date myself just a little bit. Although I didn't go to Raymond in the 80s, just so you know, but but I did go in the 90s. And so this was back maybe 2000, 2001. We're out in Phoenix, Arizona at this uh, this little theater that we had rented for services. And uh, so we had these VHS racks. In other words, there's a tall rack full of VHS machines. Now, uh, Eddie's not here, but maybe there's some young people. You don't know what that is, but uh, that's like tape, videotape, and that's how you'd you'd see stuff. And so we would duplicate all this stuff. Well, we are, I don't remember if we're, uh, I think we were loading out after the service. And so we're taking this big rack, and it was like the heaviest rack because it was literally about this tall and full of those uh, VHS decks was pretty heavy. So the guys are all loading this on there. And I don't know where my wife went because I'd like to embarrass her. But So they're all loading this, loading this on there. And all of a sudden, somehow one of the wheels got caught on the ramp and it started to fall over. Well, all the guys know, like your health and safety is more important than the equipment, so you let it fall. Like if it's going to fall too far, you let it fall. You know, we want to protect you. So it starts falling and the guys scatter. And Melody Ostrom well, she wasn't even Ostrom. She, we were engaged in it. She wasn't even my wife. So Melody Wegshide, she sees it from way over here and bolts. And she grabs that thing and she sets it back up. <laughs> and all the guys are kind of like, and then, well, we got mad at her because we're like, that is so dangerous. Plus, she embarrassed us. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, that, that totally... Lost my tra- place and everything. <laughs> uh, but she did get a little bit of talking to by the, by the team leaders and everything like that and, and by me, but we're thankful that she saved it, but you're kind of like, oh, my. you know, you could have been crushed by that. Well, nothing is more natural and beautiful and blessed than to be nothing so that God may be all. In other words, if you're having a tough time Living by faith, you probably haven't heard as clearly as you should what the Lord is saying to you. Because His yoke is easy and His burden is light. And you can have full joy when your head is screaming, It's not gonna work. What's going on? How's it gonna happen? So, what happens is many times we confuse um, the part of our being uh, that talks to God. Jesus said in John chapter 4, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship him. So uh, God's not a mind, so he's not going to talk to your mind. He's not a body. He's not going to talk to your body. He is a spirit, so he's going to talk to your spirit. Romans chapter 8 says uh, that his spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. In other words, uh, as soon as you're born again, as soon as you uh, believe that God raised Christ from the dead and you confess Him as your Lord, well, first you confess Him. You believe, and then you confess that belief, and then you're recreated on the inside. You don't get recreated, feel recreated, and then say, I'm recreated. No, you confess. with The, with, um, the heart man believes with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So first you see it, the Lord reveals it to you, the Holy Spirit. You can't figure that out in your head. Jesus said the Holy Spirit has to reveal that to you. As soon as He reveals that to you, that doesn't mean that you've received Him as Lord or confessed Him as Lord. As many as received Him, to them He gave the right to be the children of God. So what's for us? Well, what's for us is like to get beyond our natural human thinking. Like the natural human might think like, Well, that doesn't even make sense. This person lived over 2,000 years ago. I've never met them. But if you check in your spirit, in your heart, the center of your being, you'll find like the spirit himself is drawing you to himself. And he is revealing, you know what, you don't have to try to live this way where you're trying to perform and try to do this and try to do that. Just come unto me. Come unto me. Why? Because I've already done all the work for you. But the only way you receive what he's done is by receiving him. So all of a sudden, your, your, your life of performance, the world wants performance. The world has evaluations, and the world has their own thoughts, and they don't really care about the details. Well, you shouldn't do this, you should do this. You know, the world wants to control you, uh, the devil wants to control you. But, and the devil will force you, but God himself will invite you. And he'll give you every benefit that you will let him. He'll bless you as much as you'll allow him. Isn't that amazing? Could love be any other way? Like, I'm going to force my wife to love me. You have to love me. Even if I could, would I want to be married to her? If she's just doing it because she has to, because I'm forcing her? How, I don't know how you could force her, but... <laughs> she might just run up and put that VHS deck up. I told the story and you were gone. I had to bring you back into it. So nothing is nothing is more natural and beautiful and blessed than to be nothing so that God can be all. Have you ever, uh, I've prayed about stuff in the past and then I thought I would help the Lord make it happen. Right? Well, it's kind of like a lack of faith, actually, yeah. uh, but I'll admit it, right? Yeah. So and then you're kind of like, oh, well, you know, like, you got a little involved, so you don't actually know, well, did the Lord, like, show up here? Did I make that come to pass, or what was it? And then some things, medical science is done. They tell you they can't do anything. Or you can't work any more hours in the week, but you need more provision. So some things you can't actually help yourself. So you got to learn to live by faith. If you want to please God, you, you're going to do it by faith. That's the only way you're going to do it is by faith. You're not going to do it by uh, the works of your hands. And somebody said, well, what is that? Because doesn't James say faith without works is dead? What, what about the works? Oh, yeah. Works will be in your life if you're a person of faith but they're produced because of the faith that you have, not in order to get faith. In other words, because I love my wife, I sacrifice for my wife. I do things for my wife. Because I love her, I forgive her. And because I love Jesus, I forgive her. Because my personality or my flesh apart from the Lord would be like, listen, you did something, I will mark it down, and I will remember it. But thank God I have the Holy Spirit because anytime I try to do that, you can't do that and stay in fellowship with the Lord. What a horrible way to live. Man, you live by faith, you're just free. You're free. Why? Because it doesn't matter what comes up. You look to the Lord, you know, and if you don't know what, you find it in the scripture. He'll say something to you. It doesn't mean much to you. Then you start meditating on it, start chewing on it. And look into the Lord from your spirit, the center of your being. Why? Because that's where he'll speak to you. He'll reveal. He'll open up. You'll begin to see things. You'll begin to know things. It'll become real to you. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth or literally, one translation says, the spirit of reality. Jesus said he'll take the things of mine and he'll declare it unto you, reveal it unto you, or show it to you. So uh, one of the reasons I love the Holy Spirit so much is... My relationship with Christ and with God can be no closer than my relationship with him because he takes everything. He doesn't even speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that he speaks. The author of this book that we call the Bible is the Holy Spirit. He moved upon uh, men to speak and to write the word. So you can't like really neglect the Holy Spirit and expect to be close to Jesus. I mean, when you come to know Jesus to begin with, who reveals that to you? Who draws you? Right. He does, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Perfect gentlemen. Praise the Lord. So nothing's more natural and beautiful and blessed than to be nothing so that God may be all. Faith is a turning of man from himself. It's renouncing the world. It's turning from the world. It is surrendering yourself. It banishes your autonomous power. In other words, that I just do what I, I'm my own man, I'm my own woman. I'll just do what I want to do. I make my own decisions. Oh, no, uh, that's not a faith statement. A faith statement is you're completely reliant upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You're completely reliant upon what God said because uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, faith. so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that word for word is the Greek word rhema, which really means the spoken word of God, or you could say the word that God has revealed to you. And faith is a now thing. Hebrews 11:1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not tomorrow faith and not yesterday faith, but it is now faith. That has substance, so much substance that that gives you the power to act beyond what your natural mind can figure out. Faith—it is faith in the unseen. It's turning from the seen realm to the unseen realm. So you know how I like to illustrate that is like you're turning from self-confidence, from anxiety, from what the world says, the world has to offer, and you're turning to Christ. Yep. That's also defined as repentance. Because repentance—I uh, love repentance. Because somebody say, you ever hear people say that very much? I never heard people say that. I never heard myself say that. But I do love repentance. I'm going to repent right now. Um, Repentance, actually, uh, I studied it a few months ago more than I would studied it in the past. And one of the things that really stood out to me was that repentance means to take your life, look at the direction that your life is going, and make a decision for God. So, we, some, you know, the religious mind gets the thought, like, well, repentance is like, oh, you filly rotten sinner, you got to turn. Well, I mean... Whatever, who of us is there, there is that doesn't mess up? Sin just means to miss the mark. Years and years ago, when we first started the church. I remember doing, talking about like doing a target. Like if you're bow hunting or you're trying to like use a bow and arrow and hit the target, well, you may hit the target, but you missed the center mark. Sometimes we make it such a big deal. No, you just miss the mark. What do you do? You just get up and try again. You, if the first time you shoot at a target, you miss it. Maybe use a handgun or whatever you use. You know, you miss it. You're like, ah. I'm never gonna try this again no you 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 get up you try again right and so repentance is just turning away from all of these other things because you have thought like you know what I see the direction that my life is going and I I see where I'm gonna end up here this is not good or I just get a glimpse of it and then I get a glimpse from the Holy Spirit of God and who he is are you kidding I don't have to live a life of guilt for my mistakes and my failures and my weaknesses. I don't have to live under the bondage of these addictions or these habits that have controlled me for years. Are you kidding? Jesus set me free from that? The devil will lie to you and try to twist the truth and deceive you and say it's always going to be this way, and that's because you're not good enough. You don't do enough good things. God doesn't like you like he likes other people. You don't have favor with him like, you have, like, uh, like other people do. Other people are more special to God. He trusts other people more than you. No, God has faith in you. You just respond with faith in him. In other words, you say, well, I don't believe that. Well, uh, let me tell you this. God has so much faith in you, That Jesus himself, his own son, he sacrificed his own son because he believed in you and he loved you and he has a plan for you and he doesn't want you living full of guilt, full of anxiety, full of sickness, full of disease, full of poverty. He wants you living healthy and free and in intimate fellowship with him. He loves you. He wants a relationship. And Jesus is the way to that relationship. But Jesus didn't come... Like the president of the United States or, you know, a monarch or a king or a queen where all of a sudden, you know, when they come and they visit a nation and they visit, you know, what do they do? Well, they roll out literally the red carpet. And then they have like the highest ranking authorities and all of these people there to meet. Jesus came as a little baby in a manger because there was no room in the end. He came in a food trough for animals in a barn. This is different. He humbled himself. He came as a servant. He came to serve. All right, let's pick back up in Philippians, uh, where we're reading, Philippians uh, chapter 2. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you. Or let this thinking be in you. Let these thoughts find a place in you. Let these thoughts get a place in your heart, get a root in your heart, which was also in Christ Jesus. So he did this first, and he gave us this this, this awesome example King of kings and Lord of lords, supreme in authority, supreme in character. He humbled himself. Do you remember when he washed the disciples' feet? And they're all like, uh, well, not all of them. He washed a few people's feet, and then Peter kind of got wigged out. <laughs> like, uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, well, uh, I'm washing your feet, Peter. He's like, no, you're not gonna wash my feet ever. He said, well, then you don't have any part with me. You have no part with me. He said, well, then wash everything. He said, "Now hold on, hold on, Peter. Have you ever known Peter? You gotta love Peter. I think my son Joel is Peter. <laughs> he like, he'll be like, I am so mad at you right now. I'm like, Joel, you need to like let that go, like laugh or something. I to so, so And I was like, well, just like start laughing, go like, ha ha ha. He'll be like, ha, 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 ha. okay, okay, okay." <laughs> I forgive him, I forgive him. (laughs) So it's pretty funny because they're pretty intense, but some of us, some of us that are more like, uh, you know, just let me work it up. It'll take me a while. We could learn from Peter a little bit. Say, okay, you're right, if you're right. You know, that's a statement, even though Peter, you could listen to him and think, well, that fella is kind of arrogant. He could be arrogant. Do you know he also knew how to operate in humility? Because then when he was correct, he'd be like, okay, okay. He didn't just like, ugh. No, he was, he was really quick to repent, quick to change. So we love Peter. <laughs> but Jesus didn't come that way. He came in humility, right? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Doesn't say God humbled him. Doesn't even say circumstances humbled him. But it said he humbled himself. Sure, you sin and mess up, that'll humble you. It'll bring you low. Humility means to come low. But really, the most humbling thing is to get a glimpse of the grace of God. When you understand that God in all of his purity... And holiness and power and ability has His, uh, you are His target for love and strength and health and prosperity and that you're living with Him forever and ever, that He's like, you know, son, daughter, I want to just spend some time with you. I mean, you think about that. And then you'd be like, well, why do, why, do I, why do I not make as much time as I ought to, right? Well, because we live in a natural world, we live in the realm of time, and we get more conscious of these other things, and we don't live with the full consciousness of his presence or of his power, so then we, we see what's right before us in the natural. Why? Because what well, we have natural bodies, you, we study, like, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body, you're a three-part being. Whether you understand that or realize that or not, you are a three-part being, and uh, most of the problems, if you're already a believer, uh, that you're experiencing are because you are not correctly honoring the parts of your being. In other words, you're not living from your spirit, first of all. You're maybe living to gratify your flesh, or you're living from the sense realm. We walk by faith and not by sight, right? But if you start walking by sight and not by faith, well, you're going to start stumbling, and you're going to start being limited. You're going to really limit God's ability to show up in your life, because the second you walk by faith, which is walking by the Word, well... God said, he said himself, he said, I watch over my word to perform it. Yeah. Right. So somebody said, like, I love what Smith Wigglesworth said, it seems like God will pass over a million people just to get to one person who's acting in faith. And somebody might think, well, that just doesn't seem fair. Well, you think about it. How is he going to affirm, confirm, or manifest himself, show himself strong, uh, unless it's through the word? Because everything he does is through the word. It's the power of the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. Something's going to happen. Well, the Word and the Spirit agree. So you're asking Him to do something outside the Word. But the second you act on the Word, which is faith, all of a sudden He's watching over that to perform it. So He wants to show up in your life. And the reason maybe you're not seeing that is because, you know, it is by grace through faith. Ephesians chapter 2, I think, verse 8. You're saved how? By grace through faith. Grace is, is many things. But it's not something that you can work enough to get. And even if you could, that's not what it is. It is a gift of God that is freely given to all mankind that he wants you to have, not because you are doing all of the right things. It's actually while we were sinners, Christ died for us, Romans chapter 3. So while the way I like to think of that is while I was messing up big time or the biggest mess up, that's when he looked at me and said, I love you. He set his love upon me. Not while I was, like, doing all the right things, doing all the good things, doing all this type of stuff. No, 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 no. It was while we were sinners, while we were missing the mark. Why? Lest anyone should boast so that no one can say, I'm here, God loves me, or he listens to me because I am such a good person, and I work so hard, and I do so much. It is totally opposite of the world system. Why? So he can be everything. You humble yourself, you let him be everything, you'd be amazed at what he can do. You can laugh at your circumstances then because you don't have to fix them. Yeah, you have to follow the Lord, you respond to what he says. You know, concerning finances, some people say, well, I'm just going to sow a seed, sow an offering into the work of God, and he's just going to take care of me, and then I'm just going to sit home and do nothing. That is stupid because it's the diligent hand that will be made fat. But you know, you could have a diligent hand and not tithe or sow financial seed in the kingdom of God and your blessing will be capped. But the second that you are diligent and you sow seeds in faith and you tithe, you have removed the barriers to the blessing of God that He already has in store for you, it can now flow into your life. So in other words, don't make things just too spiritual that everything is just, you know, well, I'm just going to give an offering and all of a sudden the Lord's just going to take care of everything. Well, living by faith is living by what the Lord uh, speaks to you, what He speaks to you in in the Word. So He didn't just say... uh, He that sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. He that sows generously will reap generously. He also said the diligent hand will be made fat. I used to, uh, you know, when I uh, worked in IT, I was a Unix system administrator. That was my Bible school job. And uh, I knew really uh, just less than I should to get that job. (laughs) So the Lord favored me. But, you know, I would sit there and I'd study and I took classes Right, because I needed to know more, but I didn't just do that. Then I'd, If I didn't know what to do, I'd sit at my desk and I'd pray in other tongues, real quiet. And people couldn't hear me. And I'd have a problem. I'm like, I can't figure this out. Look at the books, can't figure it out. I'm like, okay. So then I'd just pray in the Spirit, maybe for 60 seconds. You know what happened while I was doing that? All of a sudden, boom, I'd know what to do. Sometimes 30 seconds, hardly any time, I'd know what to do. And so through studying those books and praying in the Spirit, I I became like a sought-after commodity there at that company. They wanted to promote me and send me to another city and do all that type of stuff, but I'd have missed God if I'd have done it, even though the money was appealing. And um, so uh, instead I went on staff at a ministry. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But the point is, I had humble myself and looked to the Lord. And I humbled myself and study. So Jesus humbled himself, being found, verse 8, in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that uh, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now I'm going to read you uh, the this, this same passage in Carpenter's Translation. Uh, and Carpenter's is a really interesting translation. It's I, I enjoy it a lot. It's very uh, vivid. And um, so here we go. I'll we'll start with verse 1 uh, of chapter 2. When I wrote just now of keeping formation, I did not mean merely being together because it's perfectly possible to march all together in a wholly wrong direction. <laughs> we're all together in this, but we're all going the wrong way. <laughs> like Jesus cast the spirits out of that... Uh, out of that demoniac and they all went into the pigs, you know, and they all ran together right off the cliff into the sea. (laughs) There was a deep motive and a high ideal of which I was thinking. You all believe that Christ is able to cheer the faint hearted. His love puts courage into the weak. His spirit creates fellowship. He is the supreme inspirer of mercy and compassion. You believe all this. Well, if you do, and if Christ has done that for you, let it appear in your lives. Sometimes we stop it appearing in our lives because we, we allow pride instead of humbling ourselves. So, you will fill up my cup of happiness. There must be harmony of mind, love which knows no distinction of persons, but circulates freely and fairly throughout the whole community. In fact, your fellow feeling for one another must be so intense that it really seems as if there is but one mind among you the mind of the church, which is indeed the mind of Christ. If there should ever be a hint of factitiousness among you, get rid of it. Don't you like how he, how he, how he uh, uh, translates this? And do not boast. All boasting is idle, it leads nowhere. Humility is the mark of the true disciple. The kind of humility that genuinely believes that the other fellow is the better man and in any dispute is probably right. You ever been in a dispute where people are just like, I, just, I don't really care what happens, I will not admit that I'm wrong. Or really there's not a possibility that I'm wrong. That is really hard to reconcile with somebody like that. Verse 4, self must at all costs be banished. Really, he's talking about like the flesh, the natural man. Um, be what the psychologists call extroverts. Only be much more uh, than some, uh, what some of them mean by the word. Look away from self and plan and pray and act for the benefit of your neighbors. In this, as in all things, I point you to the supreme example. Of course, Christ he's talking about. "'Humility and unity are such indispensable things "'that I do not hesitate to bring to bear "'the highest possible motive. "'Consider our beloved Lord. "'Possessing all things, he was content to have nothing. "'There he was in his preexistent state "'before the nativity of God, very God of very God, "'of the one essence with the Father, "'having by divine inheritance "'the lordship of heaven and earth. "'What does he do with his transcendent privilege?' So this privilege above everything else, what does he do with this? Say, hey, everybody look at me. You bunch of filthy, rotten sinners. You can't live perfect. I'll show you how to live perfect, you idiots. Thank God. (laughs) One of my prayers in my personal time with the Lord sometimes, I'll say to the Lord, I'm like, I just, Lord, thank you that you're a good God, not an evil God. Like, he could be any way, but you know, he is good. Like, Psalm 119 says, you are good and you do only good. You are good and you do only good. Every good gift comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no Listen to this. You know anybody can complete that? With whom there is no ver or Look at that. Every good gift. In other words, well, I'm going to do something good for you now, but wait till next week. Or wait till you mess up. Then you're going to get it. No, no, no. Every good gift comes down from, above, from the Father above. In other words, first of all, he's a father. It's not just some far-off king, not just some deity that doesn't want to be near to you. No, he sees you, and you are, if you're born again, as his very own child. His relationship with you, as with a father and a child. Right? From the Father of lights. So he's not going to bring you something dark. Something scary? With whom what? There's no variableness or shadow of turning. The goodness of God. His goodness is not going to vary. He's not going to turn His goodness away from you. We turn away from Him, but He doesn't turn away from us. What does He do with this transcendent privilege? He forgoes it. Mild he lays his glory by. It is not for him something to be held onto at all costs. It is a thing to be used. Oh, praise the Lord. Uh, One translation said, he laid aside his mighty power and glory and became as a mere man. But he did it of his own accord. Because he wanted to do it, because he wanted us close to him. He wanted to bring us to himself. Not only did he want to bring us to himself, he wanted his relationship with us and our relationship with him to be without spot or wrinkle or problem or hindrance. In other words, the only way that's possible is if you're perfect. But that's not possible. And you know that and I know that. Right? We all know that. So he had the perfect Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Pay the price for anything that you have ever done and anything that you are doing and anything that you would ever do so that you could come not of your own doing, of your own goodness, but you come. When you come to God, you come with his own goodness by the blood of Jesus, with his own access, the same access and rapport and relationship that Jesus has with the Father. You have that same access. You're a joint heir with him. You're a son and daughter of God. You've been adopted into his family. Well, you're as much a son of God as God himself has the ability to make you when you receive Jesus Christ. So how much ability does God have to make you a true son or a true daughter? Chew on that for a while. Man, he loves us, and he made provision for us. He made a way. Imagine, I have four children on the earth. And so, you know, imagine your children, and you see them, and uh, they keep messing up. And they're like, I'm just a failure. I don't even know why I try. What do you want to do as a parent? Like, they're like, you know, six years old, seven year old, eight years old. I just keep messing up. What's wrong with me? I just want to pop. No, Dude, it's okay. Like here, let me just prop you back up. We'll just do it again. It's no big deal. We'll just try it again. We'll just go after it again. right? Well, how much more does your heavenly father? If you know how to care for your own children like that, if your heart is for your own children like that, I mean, sometimes parents make the mistake if, if sickness happens to come on their kids and they're like, man, I'd much rather have that sickness than them. Well, you know, that's the heart of God and that's exactly what he did. Jesus said, I'm going to take all those sicknesses. I'm going to take all those these on myself because I love you. Not how, another, how much more? Because he didn't just take it for one child or one person. He took it for all humanity. He didn't just take the sickness and disease. He took the sins, the iniquities, the failures, the punishment. So you could be free. So I could be free. Because he doesn't want us to come to him like if I want my children to come to me, I want them every time. Daddy, I'm so sorry that I didn't do clean my room like you wanted me to. I I didn't take out the trash like you want me to. I'm so sorry that uh, I slept in. I'm so sorry that I didn't make my bed. Like, I I don't want to hear that from my children. I mean, I I would like them like if you're supposed to do this, you need to be doing it. Don't (laughs) don't misunderstand me. But my relationship with them, I want them to come free. Any children develop and stuff, but, you, you know, sometimes you have to uh, communicate to them. Do you understand, like, my love for you is not based whatsoever on your performance. You don't have to do all the right stuff to make me love you. I love you no matter what you do. But, you know, you're my child, so I'm going to teach the word to you. You honor your father and mother that may go well with you that you live long on the earth. So, I want what's best for you. This is what the Bible says. It's going to be best. It's going to go well, and you're going to live long if you do this. And you will do it. <laughs> Mildly lays his glory by. It is not for him something to be held on to at all costs, it is a thing to be used. "...equal to the Father as touching his Godhead, he empties himself of power and privilege. He will keep nothing but his love and his will to save." Everything he did, he did as a man. "...these whom he would save are servants, and servants of sin, carnal, sold under iniquity. Very well, he too will be a servant, though not of sin, that he may become the fellow-servant and the Savior of us sinners." He will not disdain the cellars and basements of the universe. He will ransack the wilderness. He will compass the sea and the land that he may by all means save souls. Think of it. The great Lord of the world submitting to the conditions of creaturely existence, walking along the roads of human life. Men saw him and saw in him one of themselves as indeed he truly was. He had willed that he should be that. Yet all the time he was the incarnate son of God. There, there is the divine pattern of humility. Hallelujah. Jesus gives us the most pure, divine, holy example of humility that he humbled himself. And in your humility, you'll find freedom. So you don't have to live up to all these people's expectations. You know, understand my heart when I say this. I preach for an audience of one, and it's not you. I want to be well-pleasing to him. Now, I'm here because I love you (laughs) to minister to you, but you understand what I'm saying. Uh, I had a minister one time, he said, uh, compliments and criticism, you should teach them, uh, treat them the same way. You treat them like chewing gum. You chew on it for a little bit and you spit it out. (laughs) You don't get like a big head like, oh, wow, it's so amazing, everything you're doing. But then people want to be critical sometimes of uh, many things. Well, then you don't chew on that very long either. But I like it because if people have a comment and there's some truth to it, then, uh, you know, I want to improve and act according to what God says. So I don't want to, like, just uh, say, like, uh, there is no, uh, you know, please don't come criticize after this. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. Right? So But you get criticized enough, you have a tendency to shut all that down because, uh, you know, you're like, come on, I am, like, sacrificing. A, you know, this is what we're doing. We're working for the Lord. But you ought not to just ignore it all. Uh, some people, uh, many times people will have a, uh, uh, good insight. And if it's done in love, it's easy to receive it. In fact, if it's not done in love, uh, the Bible says it amounts to absolutely nothing. Right? First Corinthians chapter 13. Right before the great love scriptures. You can, ha- you can prophesy for the Lord. You can have faith that will move mountains. But if you don't have love, it amounts to absolutely nothing. So you want to walk in love. So anyhow, I really like that. Uh, compliments and criticism. You just chew on them a little bit and then spit them out. Don't get all hung up on that. Stay little in your own eyes. That's the the key, uh, a real great key for humility. You know, don't boast. If you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. Do you know when you're humble so that he can be everything? You don't have to try to give God the credit. You actually understand that he is the one that did it. (laughs) Right? It takes the labor out of it. Like, as a believer, you're like, okay, now I'm supposed to say this, I'm supposed to say that, I'm supposed to do this. No, when you humble yourself and you you allow the Lord to speak through you, to work through you, uh, to give through you, to heal through you, well, you're not the one healing people. It's not your words that are saving people. It's your voice that they hear, but it's His words. It's your hand that they feel, but it's His anointing. So, but you humble yourself. Let me say, well, I don't know if I, if I lay hands on somebody if they're going to be healed. Well, you act on what the Bible says. Believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So the pressure's not on you. You just do what he said. Believe in that what he said is true. L- the Lord use you. Come on up, Dave. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand. You know, if you, if, I don't know if you know the song. If you can just get the goodness of God so we can have that uh, in the background every head bowed every eye closed if you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord as your Savior it's not automatic you don't everybody doesn't go to heaven as many as received him that's Jesus Christ the son of God to them he gave the right to be the children of God you have to receive him you don't go to heaven because you do good things Or because you don't do bad things. It's not because of um, your works. It's not because of your actions. It's not because God loves some people more than other people. He has predestined every person to be part of His family. And it's those that receive Him and accept what He has done that become part of His family. So right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm not talking about something in your head that you've figured out in your head. I'm talking about the center of who you are, the real you, down on the inside, not your body, not all these thoughts. I want you to look right now at your heart. What's happening in your heart? What's the condition of your heart? What's your, what's your heart towards the Lord? What's he, what's he saying in your heart right now? And if he's drawing you to himself, don't wait. That is that is, God himself making himself real to you, loving you, inviting you. He wants, he's not trying to put you in bondage, he's trying to set you free. He's not trying to stop the fun in your life that's superficial and shallow. He's trying to give you such a deep satisfaction that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He loves you. If you're here this morning and you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, in just a minute, I want you to lift your hand. I want you to respond to the Spirit of God. He made a way for you. doesn't matter what you've done. Uh, your mistakes don't surprise him. He, he made a way that you can escape those things, that all of your past becomes white clean. You have a clean slate when you come to him. If you want to come to him in just a couple seconds I want you to lift up your hand I want to pray with you I want to pray for you ready three two one lift up your hand if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior become part of his family get rid of all that guilt all of those worries just slip up your hand I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you don't wait you may not have another chance but right now when the Lord's drawing you you just respond he loves you so much not gonna embarrass you just gonna give you an opportunity to come into the family of God number two if you're here this morning and you were a believer but you let the things of the world come in and take the place that Jesus had as your Lord you you kinda got distracted busy with life focused on other things for whatever reason and you want to come back. You feel in your heart you need to come back to the Lord this morning. I want you to slip up your hand. I'll, I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. And number three, if you've never been filled with the Spirit and you'd like to be, Jesus spoke, you know, you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit has come on you. You'll be witnesses to me all around the world. In your own life where you're at, around the world, the power of God come on you. If you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, slip up your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you gave us the perfect example, the ultimate example of humility. Thank you for teaching us how to humble ourselves, that we can uh, come under your mighty hand so that we have the ability to resist the enemy, so that we can allow your your ability, your thoughts to live in us, to live through us, that we can be free from uh, feeling like we have to perform and like we have to make it come to pass. Father, I thank you for your awesome, awesome plan. I pray for each of us this week, Father, that you'll give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing you, in becoming intimate with you, the deep and intimate knowledge of you yourself. Father, that you'd flood the eyes of our understanding with your light, that we would know the hope of the calling that you have given us, your calling, the riches of the glory of your inheritance in uh, the saints with other believers. Father, that we would know the exceeding greatness of your power, not only in us, but directed towards us. Your great love that you loved us with. Father, I thank you for your hand of protection upon every person that's under the sound of my voice. That you've got a hedge of protection in front of us and behind us, camped all around us. That wherever we go, we don't even Stub our foot on a stone. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.